And there's mm-hmm. lots of customers out there that are willing to pay you really good money mm-hmm. to show up quickly right? And, and to provide a seamless experience. And so if you want to be a millionaire, you should do what millionaires do, right? Right. Mm-hmm. They usually commit to physical fitness. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, dude. I'm just telling you, laughing at the B-roll, man. Laughing at the yep. B-roll. Yep. It's always it's a, a good time, like right before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a great time right before the podcast. I wish you guys could be here, but then we yep. just got to bring it down to serious mode. It's all business now. No more fun. No more fun. Yep. All business. No fun whatsoever. I had this thought, Jared. Yeah. We always intro with it's podcast Wednesday, but these podcasts don't come out just on Wednesday. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I like it. So happy Wednesday. Hey. Podcast Wednesday. Happy you know? podcast Wednesday. Yep. 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 <laughs> What's up, man? What? <laughs> oh, man. Well, not a lot has changed since last Wednesday. I'll tell you that much. Okay, okay good. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, folks. That was an inside joke. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Pretty good, though, right? Um, let's see. Oh, I worked out in the evening yesterday instead yeah. of the morning, mm-hmm. which was really cool because it gave me a lot of energy through the evening. So I go get work done, yard work and junk. Um, cool. And really, what I struggled with is working out in the morning was so hard because I would I would like wake up to my alarm at some god awful hour of like 4 a.m. Yeah. or 5 a.m. And I think yep. to myself, you mean that my next thing to do is something that I don't want to do at all? And I'm supposed to get up and yeah, go do dude. that? Like I'm yeah. supposed to get up and go jump around in my garage for 35 minutes? Yeah, like dude. that and sounds awful. I just woke up. Like I, there's nothing good in that, right? I'm already <laughs> awake when I don't want to be. I'm already about to do something I don't want to do. And like you know, the gurus are like, "Yeah, man, that's what you gotta do. You just gotta like mm-hmm. turn yourself into the man to do that." And I get that, and I'm all for that, right? But if I can just avoid that whole cycle and then go and work out in the evening and still accomplish the fitness part, it makes waking up at maybe not so ungodly an hour, or maybe even at like 5 a.m. more attainable because the first thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go, oh. Jared, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow and I'm going to have a cup of coffee. I'm going to write yep. my journal. I'm going to yep. read my Bible. I'm going to get, I'm going to do these things and I'm not yep. going to work out then because that's a different time. To me, that was inspiring. I was actually stoked. Like I set my alarm. I was like, man, I can't wait to wake up to go do those things I want to do. Yeah, I, I slightly agree with you, but I think that for most people, their afternoon is much more likely to get interrupted. Yeah. Then their morning. And so if they put something as important as exercising and journaling and reading their Bible, they mm-hmm. put that stuff in the morning because they don't want it to get interrupted because those they know those are the things they gotta do yeah. to be successful in life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you're not I've been reading this book, The Millionaire Mind. <clears throat> it's funny because like exercising regularly and physical fitness was one of the attributes that most rich people, I think it was like 21% say that you need to be physically fit and healthy to, to mm, be successful. Mm-hmm. Right. They attribute mm-hmm. that regular exercise, I think is how they worded it. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be a millionaire, you should do what millionaires do. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. They usually commit to physical fitness. Not mm-hmm. saying you got to do it in the morning or the afternoon, but right, you commit to most, it in some way. Yeah, but for most people, it's going to be easier to stay committed to it if there's if you do it at a time where you're less likely to have a distraction. Yeah, no, I get that, and I think yeah. 
definitely, if you're going to a gym, I could see that the argument of the morning makes more sense because if you're, because going to a gym takes time, right? You just turned an hour long process into a two hour long process. Mm -hmm. And so for you to do that when you're done working and you just want to hang out with your family or you're tired and you're all grubby from doing whatever you're doing to then be like, all right, see everybody. I got to go to the gym. That's, I could see that for me. I just go jump around in my garage for 25 minutes and like just try to do high intensity workout. And uh, I can slip away for 25 minutes. I mean, I'm a dad, so that's like a standard bathroom break. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to <laughs> catch up on those reels, dog, you know? Yeah. So yep. I just replace that with working out, you know? So two birds with one stone it. on that one. But cool. I see your point. I do. Yeah. That's what I would guard against. Yeah. And Take I think... You get it in. Yeah. And I think with everything, it's like such a balance, right? Like, cause we have to balance work, family, fitness, all health, all these things yep. and everybody, we should all just find the right way and the right system to do it. The Dude. gurus might say one thing, we should listen to that and be like, yeah, man, that's a really good idea. Now, how yep. can I put that into my life to actually work with who I am and my priorities? You got to do what works for you. Yes. It's your life. Yeah. It's not mine. It's not the guru's life. It's not anybody mm-hmm. else's life. Yeah, you can learn from all those people, just like you said. But ultimately, you got to do what works for you. And you got to yep. figure out what works for you and then stick to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lesson yep. I'm learning. Or have yeah. been learning the last year, for sure. Sure. Hmm. Yep. Cool, man. Well, I had a question uh, just me. from some calls I've had. And so okay. a lot of, a lot of my calls and some of the clients that we have on the plum social side, they're mm-hmm. plumbing business owners and they sort of, they are doing, they're just starting residential service, but uh-huh. they're in, I don't know if it was residential commercial or just whatever other kinds of plumbing businesses that they have. But I was just wondering like, what is the draw and the pros and cons of sort of these different sectors and why ultimately, why do you think that residential service is a great way to go as opposed to residential commercial or these other places? I don't think, first of all, what do you mean by residential commercial? No idea. I'm just using words that I heard. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, cause for me, it's just like, like my conversations with you are around the service yeah. side, right? So that's yeah. like, that's where I know. I don't really, I know these other things exist, yep. but I don't know what they mean. And I don't really know the pros and cons behind them. Okay. So let's start. I think there's, I split it up into four different categories. There's four different kinds of, of plumbing businesses you could be in, right? There is like two categories to start with. There's service and there's new construction. Mm -hmm. And in those, you can be into commercial or residential. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. let's just like start weeding them out. Okay. And then get down to why I think residential service is so much better. Okay. Got it. Um, And I just want to start out like in all four business models, like each four of those, they're, they're going to be different business models to make money. Mm-hmm. You can make money with all, all of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just there's pros and cons to each one. And in my opinion, residential service is the best one to start with. And it's a really good one to stick with as well. So mm-hmm. that's why I chose it. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with, you know, the whole new construction. Okay. So you can go new construction residential. Okay. So pro would be, 
it's pretty easy to get into, right? Because it doesn't require a ton of tools. It doesn't require a bunch of overhead. Like if you have a truck with a pipe rack and you have some tools, you can go do residential new construction. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's good in that sense. The downside of residential new construction is that the guy building the house, that's going to hire you to plumb your, their house, right? You're either Mm going to work for a homeowner or you're going to work for a general Mm -hmm. contractor. Those are going to be your customers, right? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And both of those customers, nine times out of 10 are after the cheapest price. Yes. So they're going to go get bids and they're going to want to hire the guy who brings the most value at the cheapest price. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so the value they're looking for is, is he qualified to plumb my house to Mm -hmm. the point where my plumbing won't look any different than anybody else's plumbing and it'll work properly. Yep. Okay. So not Mm -hmm. super high quality standards Mm -hmm. and then definitely want the cheapest price. Mm -hmm. So it becomes this war to the bottom, right? So it's really hard to charge enough to make a good money doing residential new construction. So what you need to do is you you know, since the margins are so much smaller, like your profit margins on each job is so much smaller mm-hmm. then you need to make up for it by doing a lot of it. Right. Gotcha. In, order, in order to make a lot of money. So mm-hmm. then you need to go gotcha. do a lot of new construction. Mm-hmm. And so imagine you got 20 houses going at once. Okay. You could make mm-hmm. good money doing that. Mm-hmm. And you've got guys running around, you know, in their own trucks, have their own tools, just banging out residential new construction. That Mm -hmm. is a business model that you can go with. But the hard part of getting started in that is you got to go buy all the parts for that first house and that Mm. second house and that third house. Yeah. Before you, before you even start to get, uh, equipment on hand that you can then use for the next job and the next job. Yep. And then most general contractors are going to be 30 days out. So they're going to want to, they're going to want you to build them. Like once you rough in the house, you're going to go do underground, let's say, and then mm-hmm. you're going to build them. They're going to build the customer 30 days later, they're going to get paid and they're going to pay you. Mm-hmm. Some of them are 60 to 90 days out. Right. Yeah. So it becomes this constant, like chasing money game mm-hmm. is what happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I've done that. I've done lots of new construction all in a row. And it's this constant, like, chasing money game. You never know where Mm -hmm. your money is. Mm -hmm. Everybody always owes you money Mm -hmm. and it can get difficult. Okay. So it's really hard to like get into and make money right away and hold on to money and then use that money to scale. Yeah, sure. It's Mm -hmm. a difficult, difficult business to get into where you can make good money. Right. Mm -hmm. It'd be different if you had like a ton of money and this giant bankroll and you Mm -hmm. just start going and knocking out houses and you know yeah, sure. you're going to get a few grand for each house, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It's, t- it's a tough one to get into. The profit margins are low. The, r- the risk is high. They want bottom dollar prices. And so for that reason, I avoid it. Gotcha. So let's move into new construction for commercial. Like mm-hmm. you can make a lot of money with commercial new construction. 
Mm-hmm. So there's lots of like mechanical contractors or, you know, big plumbing companies that they only do like big buildings or, right. you know, big industrial pro- projects and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you can make millions of dollars a year running a business that does that kind of stuff. Um, I've worked for contractors doing that, ran that kind of work. And I've seen the numbers behind it and I know how much money you can make. But again, you got to think about it. Like if you're just starting a plumbing business, right? getting into that kind of work can be very difficult. You've got to start real small at the bottom mm-hmm. and then work your way into that kind of work. Okay. So mm-hmm. typically to get that kind of work, you're going to bid it. Again, they're after mm-hmm. the cheapest dollar amount. So you're going to mm-hmm. bid it. And then you're going to have to get bonded for that work as well. So, mm-hmm. and the bigger mm-hmm. the job, mm-hmm. the bigger the bond you're going to need. And the bonding mm-hmm. companies aren't going to be willing to bond you unless you have a history of doing work sure. that size, right? So you kind of have to work up to that in the commercial mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. So it's a long process to get there. It's a lot of work. It's because you're building very specific tailored buildings and each building is different. It's hard to scale. It's hard to systemize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the whole thing is just fairly difficult, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, can you make money in it? Yes. And I would say if you want to go that route, I would start with residential service and then Mm -hmm. move into new construction. Yeah, because then you can have money to actually invest into that side of it. Yeah. Mm, and then gotcha. you can have part of your business that is cash flowing mm-hmm. while this other part isn't because it has the same yeah, problems, sure. right? Uh-huh. In mm-hmm. commercial new construction, a lot of times it's 90 days out. And so you're going to do what's mm-hmm. called progress billing. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially on mm, like government sure. projects. So you're going to go, we're talking huge buildings. So you're going to go buy hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment and materials that you're likely not going to get paid for for a long time. Right. What you do is you would buy all these materials. Once they're on site, you're allowed to start progress billing. So then you can say, mm. okay, I have all these materials on site. Now I can bill for the materials. Mm-hmm. So they'll give you a certain percentage, but then that certain percentage is 90 days out. Sure. Right? Yeah. So it's not even right then and there. You don't collect Mm-mm. that check in that moment. Mm-mm. And then yeah, gotcha. you're going and putting these materials in and you're ordering more equipment and more materials mm-hmm. and you've got labor costs and all the associated costs with that equipment costs. And you're just progress billing as you go, but you're mm-hmm. always like a couple steps behind. Okay. Yeah, sure. So you're still kind of chasing that cash. Yep. Chasing the cash. Now mm-hmm. those ones, if you can have enough cash to float those chases, then at the mm-hmm. end of the job, sure. You know, usually there's a pretty good payday you make pretty mm-hmm. good money. So it's, mm-hmm. I see why people are attracted to it, right? You can mm-hmm. go mm. do one job and make a lot of money. Right, sure. Makes sense, right? Yeah, gotcha. But again, very hard to get into. Mm-hmm. So that gets rid of new construction altogether mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you have some sort of in, like you've got somebody you know, in the family that's already in new construction, you can go get into their business and it's already a thriving business. Sure. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Then I would, then I would be okay. Maybe getting into it. Mm-hmm. So, so then it goes into the service world, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got residential service and you've got commercial service. Mm-hmm. Now you can make money at both again. 
you know, people who do commercial service work, they make good money, but the hard part about that again is like you're dealing with commercial buildings and you're not directly dealing with the owner of the building most of the time. Right. You're sure. usually dealing with like a maintenance man mm-hmm. or somebody of that nature, right? Property manager. Property manager. Mm-hmm. And their sole job is to get the maintenance done on the building right. at the lowest dollar amount. Sure. So they need they want somebody who's reliable, who can maintain the building, but not cost a bunch of money. Yeah, because they have a profit margin to look after themselves. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes difficult to charge enough to be able to mm. maintain profit margins again mm-hmm. with commercial maintenance, right? Mm-hmm. So then like in that world, you really need to get into like maintenance contracts. You really need to get into mm. where you're doing these regular maintenance things on a routine and you're pushing that work into your slow season and sure you yeah. do it at a fairly decent scale. Mm-hmm. Um, or get into things where you have large pieces of equipment that you're replacing because you can make good money on the markup of the large pieces of equipment. Right? Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So I know some people who own businesses like this who are fairly successful, right? They're like they're successful in their own world. They've got, you know, 10 or 15 guys going doing commercial maintenance service contracts and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, like their profit margins are much lower than the residential service world. Mm-hmm. And so is there money to be made? Yes. Is it harder to make that money? Yes. Is mm-hmm. it harder to get into? Yes. And then because again, you're dealing with a commercial building where a lot of stuff is different and there's a lot more systems going on, um, you need more specialized labor. Mm-hmm. It becomes harder to systemize because it's there's a lot of different things, a lot of different mm-hmm. moving parts. And so it gets harder to like remove the owner from the business as well. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. So the That's, exit strategy isn't quite as obvious as residential service. I would say, yeah, when you say exit strategy, you mean the owner getting removed from the business? Yeah. Yes. As far mm-hmm. as selling it, it'd probably be, you know, just as easy to sell. Sure, of course. Um, but I don't know that, you know, with smaller profit margins, you know, mm-hmm. you might have a $5 million commercial business that does 10% profits. So it's making 500,000 a year. Mm-hmm. That business isn't going to sell for much as much as a residential mm-hmm. business right. doing 5 million with 25% profit margins. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in my mind, that gets rid of getting into commercial. Sure. Service, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of the difficulty of getting in there. Mm-hmm. Now there are exceptions, like some people already have ins, they've they've already got a business or whatever. That's a whole different story. We're talking plumber who wants to start a plumbing business. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that leaves us with the last one is residential service. So the pros of residential service are it's really easy to get into, right? Mm-hmm. There's not much involved in residential plumbing service. Mm-hmm. Like most houses have all the same stuff in them. Sure. So you can get into it very easily. The tools aren't super expensive. The knowledge needed isn't super expertise. Like you can train any plumber to come do residential service. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's easy. 
you mm -hmm. can, which makes it, you know, so it's easy to systemize, which makes it easy to scale. Mm -hmm. And the cool part is you're dealing with a residential customer who it's their house and they right. care about, they don't necessarily care about the quality of the actual plumbing. Mm -hmm. They do care about it more than I would say the new construction um, customer, but they care about the quality of the service, right? Yeah, sure. The overall service experience. Yes. And there's mm -hmm. lots of customers out there that are willing to pay you really good money mm -hmm. to show up quickly, to put in a good product, to offer a warranty, to not have to come back out later and fix something. Right. And, and to provide a seamless experience. So from the time they call you mm. to the time they pay your bill is as short as possible and as easy as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that they can get back to their lives. Yes. So there's lots of customers like that, that that's what they want. And so, and you can set up your business very easily, especially in today's age with software to be able to go serve that need. And the best part about that is you get paid today, yeah. right? Get paid mm -hmm. today, money in the bank tomorrow. So mm -hmm. you've gotten rid of like, it's the ease of entry. It's easy to get easy to yep. get into. Mm -hmm. Commercial service, not as easy to get into. Um, you get paid today. Cash flow is really good. Commercial service, you ain't getting paid today. Cash mm -hmm. flow stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Unless you got mm -hmm. a bunch of cash laying around, right? Then that helps with your cash flow. Yeah. Um, can you charge enough to actually maintain profit margins? Yes. So now you have a higher profit business versus right. commercial service. Profit margins are lower because of the customer that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And then is your labor super skilled, right? So you have less skilled labor than you do for commercial service, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. um, which makes it so that you can systemize, mm -hmm. train, mm -hmm. you know, and have this business that runs without you. Ultimately, remove yourself from the business. I know you have this real business over here that was sure. all of those things. It was easy to get into. It was easy to make money with. You know, it's a great little business. Mm -hmm. And so for anybody that would want to get into any of the other ones, I would say go start the residential one first mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. use that cash flow to go get into the other ones. Yeah. And it seems like the lessons that you'll learn along the way are going to be really helpful because you're just yeah. going to learn a lot of business stuff with relatively low risk because mm -hmm. right off the bat, I mean, in, in any case, it's going to be just you, right? But right off the bat, it's like you can go and you can do these jobs at a relatively low risk, yeah, small time horizons. So you can learn all these skills and then you yep. can hire a crew and learn management skills. And then you yep. can up your game to the commercial side. And now suddenly you have skills of management. You have understanding of your PL, like you understand marketing, mm -hmm. you understand these things, which those things for the commercial side, to my understanding, aren't as important, like with the marketing and whatnot. Cause right. I've talked to companies who are going into service and they haven't done it yet. And I'm like, what kind of yeah. Google reviews you got? They're like, Oh, we got like four. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like, well, yep. we've been in business for 35 years. I'm like, Oh, cause you're commercial. Right. It's just yep. the different, different perspective, yep. but you just have so many skills that you learned that then you can transfer and then sort of transform to the new niche 
And I think you'll, yep. you'll just be better off. You'll be more experienced and you'll just be a you better will. business person. You will. But here's the thing though. Those people, like if, if they took that advice and they were like, okay, I want to go commercial service or commercial new construction or residential new construction. Mm-hmm. But according to what, you know, Jared said, it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go into residential service. Mm-hmm. This, you're going to go grow that residential service business and you're going to see how easy it is to operate and you're going to understand it. And it's going to make you a ton of money. And you're going to be like, why would I go get into commercial? <laughs> yeah. Unless like, I just I'll want to you, I'll go do more of this. Like, yeah. this I'll open up another one. Or I'll get it yeah. bigger. Yeah. I'll go buy one in this town next door or I'll go yeah. buy one in the state next door and then I'll have two mm-hmm. and I'll improve that one a little bit. And then I'll have mm-hmm. like, I'll be making a bunch of money. Right. Hmm. So yeah. Hmm. To me, it's like, to me, it's a no brainer, but yeah. I think a lot of, like a lot of plumbers that are coming in, you know, they've mm-hmm. either worked for commercial contractors or they've worked mm-hmm. commercial service work. So they know the work and they haven't really seen like what it looks like on the back end of a residential service business. Like they don't, like we were talking on our last podcast, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah, sure. So they don't know that a residential service business can operate really smoothly. Right, sure, with high margins. Mm-hmm. Can have really mm-hmm. good profit margins. It's easy to get into. And they don't really mm-hmm. have the experience of thinking about these things either. Sure. They don't have the business knowledge, right? Yeah, and that's one thing that I think trips guys up is they... They're in the job. They're working for somebody else. They're plumbers. And mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, yeah, I, I, underst- I understand what's going on here. Yeah. And then I understand what's going on over there. When yeah. they don't, because they're just not in that business owner position, they, they don't see the back end, so they don't truly understand. Right. Yeah, that yep. makes a lot of sense. And it's much more comfortable to just continue to do what you know, as yep. to your previous point. And so you're yeah. like, why don't I just keep doing this? You know, I already know yep. how to do this. Yeah, One totally. question I had is like, so like one objection I hear, or maybe this necessarily isn't even an objection, but it's just a thought. Like what is just one of the barriers that kind of spook guys going into residential service? A lot of times it's, it's just that they've never done it before. Gotcha. And they're, you know, they don't want to like go talk to customers. Yeah. They don't want mm-hmm. to have to deal with billing the customer on site, having that mm. face-to-face interaction. Sure. That little conflict. Cause it yeah. is like a little conflict moment where you're mm-hmm. asking a price and yep. you know, there's all these yeah. weird things that can happen in that moment that is uncomfortable. Or, you know, there's a lot of plumbers. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're just anti-service work. Sure. And I would, I would say to them, you're not going to be the one doing the work <laughs> like eventually. Right. You're yeah. going to have to do it for a short period of time. And then other people are going to do the work. And there's tons of plumbers out there who love to do service work. Mm-hmm. So why not take advantage of the good business model and do it? Whether yeah. you like the, like whether you like the work or not doesn't matter. At yeah. some point in time, it's not yeah. going to be about the work, and that's the yeah. thing. Like all all of those businesses, at the end of the day, if you were to get into them and grow them and make money with them, um, and run it like a legit business, they're all just going to be business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Still, yeah. yeah why not choose true. one that's an easy business? That's yeah, a, that's sure. A profitable business. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Why choose the harder one? Mm. That's a really good point because, again, the perspective of the new plumbing business owner is their context, which is yeah. I understand the work that I do with my hands. Yeah. And the direct fulfillment of service. 
Yep. Just because they don't know the business side yet, where if they could like see two years down the road, like in your case, where now your business is doing awesome and it's just running and you're living your life. Yep. yep. Like I think like when I have these conversations, I try to like phrase to these plumbing business owners, like, okay, like think about your plumbing business as the potential to start whatever you want to do in the rest of your life, because it has that potential. Like you can create yeah. this thing. So it's valuable in yep. a very short amount of time. I'm not talking, I'm not talking a decade, yeah. potentially not even five years. I'm talking like three years and you could yeah. be doing your next stage. Yeah. Like how exciting is that? And like, I think that's something that people should get excited about being plumbing business owners. It's like, dude, yep. you have like, you guys have an incredible opportunity to create something of value and then do something different. Like I, I there's not a lot of people out there who have yeah. that opportunity. No. And so like, man, like seize that. Cause yep. if you have yeah, a plumbing you, business right now, you've done so much of the hard work of having the courage to just start the thing. Yep. Like you could be done with the thing in three years and on to your next stage doing whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Anything. Literally. Yeah. Anything. Then you're totally right. Like, and that opportunity only lives in residential service. Yeah, that, that time horizon. To be like mm -hmm. done in three years. Mm -hmm. it, it only lives in residential service. To be mm. three years in, making a million dollars a year, it only lives in residential service. Yeah. Right? So like, think about it. Like my third year, I made a million dollars. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think about plumbing ever. I don't care yeah. what kind of business we're doing at this point. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. I care because residential service is more profitable, but mm -hmm. I don't care if it's service work. If I like mm -hmm. service work or I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm just mm -hmm. a business owner at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think you're right. A lot of guys get tripped up. They're like, oh, I don't, I hate service work. Or, I don't want to do that kind of work. And they just kind of envision themselves always mm -hmm. doing the work. For like 30, 40 years or something. Yeah. Or even, even they just don't even know that it's like possible to go, mm -hmm grew a business where like, you don't have to do any work. Like, that's not even a thing in their head. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Of course. Cause I know for me, like three years ago, I didn't think that was possible. I didn't even know. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Like if mm -hmm. you'd have told me three years ago, I'd be sitting here doing a podcast talking about plumbing business, 4,000 mm -hmm. miles away. And I got a business mm -hmm. that's doing a bunch of revenue and making a ton of money. And I don't even work in it. I'd be like, mm -hmm. what? You're crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's not mm -hmm. possible. You can't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it was scary as all get out, even moving to Florida. Cause I wasn't mm. even at that point, I wasn't like sure that it was mm -hmm. possible for that mm -hmm. business to like, can it actually run with me 4,000 miles away? Like it was spooky, mm -hmm. but after being down here, it's like, Oh yeah, that's totally possible. Like <laughs> this is what business is supposed to be like. Yeah. Right. That a business should run without you. It's how yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So, cool, man. Yeah. All right. I now know where it's at. Yeah, cool. Now I know. Thanks, man. That was a very education. The last thing I want to say is it just when I was helping you rough in that house back in the day. Yeah. Like all this information is now coming in there and talking to the crazy homeowner. Bless his heart. Oh, dude. You know, yep. as he was stressing out because he's spending so much money making all these changes yeah. and yeah. Huh. Interesting. It's a little. I calculated the math on that job. Mm -hmm. It was like a seventy thousand dollar job to like do the mm -hmm. plumbing and the heating in his house. Big house mm -hmm. though. Yeah, big. House. Um, I calculated Kept getting the math. bigger. My hourly rate on that was like twenty two dollars an hour. 
It's terrible. Dude. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So seventy thousand sounds really good when you see it. You're like, yeah, seventy grand. That's yeah. like my whole. That's my life. And then you're you like, take wait out a second. All the materials and all the equipment, and uh-huh. you calculate all the time you spent on that. And then you. I mean, if I would have paid somebody to do that, I would have lost my butt. Yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah, huh. funny. Cool, man. Yeah. That was a great conversation. I really appreciated all that. Cool, man. See you, Holmes. See you next Wednesday.